Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, September 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missourian George Washington Carver was an early pioneer in developing biofuels, fake meat substitutes, even the food truck. It's not like George Washington Carver came out of nowhere. This is part of the whole community's move forward. We will explore Carver's legacy beyond the peanut in just a few minutes. The St. Louis County Council has approved an eviction moratorium. The bill will go into effect 15 days after County Executive Sam Page signs the legislation. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, the measure follows a recent decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to strike down a federal moratorium. A spokesperson for Page says he expects to sign the bill as early as today. The county council voted 4-2 on the measure. It would apply to renters or homeowners who have lost money due to the coronavirus pandemic and are at risk of losing their homes. The bill follows the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to strike down the eviction moratorium issued by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The court ruled the CDC exceeded its authority in issuing a national moratorium on renter evictions. A St. Louis County Circuit Court also lifted its eviction moratorium late last month. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. The Illinois House will be back in session this week, and members will likely consider a major energy package that has been negotiated for months. The House has scheduled a hearing tomorrow and could take up legislation afterward. Those close to the talks say the proposal is fluid, but a deal is close that would eventually get rid of coal-fired power plants, push Illinois toward more renewable energy sources, and provide subsidies for two nuclear plants. The coal plant operators would be required to reduce emissions by the middle of next decade and then close those down 10 years later under the latest version of the package. An environmental group wants people in the St. Louis region to learn about environmental challenges faced by communities of color. As St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports, the Nature Conservancy in Missouri created an online geographic data tool to increase awareness. The environmental nonprofit this month launched the St. Louis Eco-Urban Assessment Tool to map out data on low tree canopy rates, air quality, and flooding issues. It also evaluates food and park access. The Conservancy aims to help local officials and residents identify environmental issues and drive resources to those communities. Leah Clyburn is an organizer with the Sierra Club. She says the data shows what areas need attention. It's definitely a tool that can help bring partners together and speak against these lax laws and oppressive structures that are keeping people stuck in the situations that we're in. Clyburn says she plans to use the tool to address the use of coal and its effects on St. Louisans. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. The National Science Foundation is funding a $700,000 study on how black parents speak to their children about racial violence. Washington University Associate Professor Sharetta Butler-Barnes will work with professors at the University of Virginia and the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. They will speak to 1,000 families in Missouri and Virginia about the wave of violence against black people. National Science Foundation Deputy Assistant Director Kalina Craig Henderson says there's little research on how black parents address the issue. We have not really 
explored the dynamics of development and socialization within African-American families. And so this is one of the reasons why this work is as valuable as it is, because it is addressing a topic that has been understudied. Researchers will check in with families over three years. A procession from St. Louis Lambert International Airport to a funeral home in St. Charles will take place today for a Wentzville Marine who was killed in Afghanistan. The escort for the body of Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz will cause the temporary shutdown of a 12-mile section of westbound Interstate 70. Schmitz was among 13 service members killed in a suicide bombing last month at the airport in Kabul. He was 20. George Washington Carver is known for his innovative work involving the peanut plant, but the famous Missourian's life and legacy go far beyond that legume. From the new podcast, Hungry for Mo, producer Suzanne Hogan shares his story. There are many sides to George Washington Carver you don't hear about. He was an advocate for civil rights, an artist, musician, masseuse, the godfather of sustainable agriculture, biofuels, even alternative medicines. Here's his voice from a recording made in 1939. I felt that we did not know enough about the efficacy of oils in the art of healing. But the full depth of Carver's resume is often reduced to a single plant, the peanut. Yes, Carver came up with over 300 uses and recipes for peanuts. Peanut-based cheeses, peanut milk, fake chicken, and other meat substitutes plus peanut-based medicines and household items like soap and detergents. Carver so, is so underrated. And of course, I was one of like all those little school children who knew about, you know, like, oh, George Washington Carver invented peanut butter. But George Washington Carver did not invent peanut butter. That's a myth, says Professor Rafia Zafar. Zafar wrote the book Recipes for Respect. African-American Meals and Meanings. It's not like George Washington Carver came out of nowhere. This is part of the whole community's move forward. George Washington Carver was born enslaved sometime around 1864. He lived on a farm in Diamond, Missouri. By the age of 12, he realized he wanted to pursue an education. So he traveled miles by foot to the black school in Neosho, Missouri. Carver was the first black student to receive his master's at Iowa State University, and then he became the first black faculty member there. That's when Booker T. Washington came calling. Washington founded the Tuskegee Institute, a black university in Alabama, and invited Carver to build an agriculture department there. He needed to be there. If Tuskegee was a place where his people could get an education, he struggled to get an education. So that's why Tuskegee was so important to him. At Tuskegee, Carver led the way in advocating for crop rotation and subsistence farming. And food trucks, Carver pioneered those too. The Jessup wagon, he was ahead of everybody. With the Jessup wagon, Carver created a mobile classroom where he could take lessons to sharecroppers working in the fields. He said, don't plan fence to fence in your commodity crop, in tobacco, in cotton. Leave some room so you can be self-sufficient. Have a kitchen garden. Maybe keep a couple of chickens. Carver traveled throughout the South during the height of Jim Crow discrimination. His mission was to teach all poor, struggling farm workers, black and white. He didn't think that 
you know, a good health or good farming should belong to one group more than another. Rafi Azafar says Carver was a true Renaissance man with a deep spirituality and love for the world. It wasn't just about growing food, but it's also about feeding the soul. Carver died in 1943 after teaching at Tuskegee for nearly half a century. After his death, Carver saw another first added to his resume when a monument was placed in his honor in Diamond, Missouri. It was the first national monument dedicated to someone other than a United States president. Sometimes it is uh, wise not to look for too much appreciation. The main thing is to be sure you're right and go ahead, regardless of whether people appreciate it or whether they don't. Because in time, they will appreciate it. I'm Suzanne Hogan. Hungry for Mo is a podcast from public radio station KCUR in Kansas City. More at kcur.org slash hungry. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, former Cardinal Ted Simmons will be inducted today into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. He is part of the 2020 Hall of Fame class, but the ceremony was postponed last summer because of the pandemic. Simmons spent 13 years with the Cardinals and was a six-time All-Star in St. Louis. Also today, Larry Walker is going into the Hall of Fame. The slugger wrapped up his career as a member of the Cardinals in 2004 and 2005. I am out for the next few days. Several people will be behind this microphone for the podcast. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.